You are listening to episode 174 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. Here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we're left picking up the pieces in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So this week we played Pieces on the Super Nintendo, and... I was smashed to pieces in this game, <laughs> unfortunately. This is a weird old competitive puzzler, and I was happy to have all of my vast puzzling skills put to the test. We'll talk about it a little deeper, but I, you know, as we get to that inflation deflation segment at the end here, but I am torn, Ryan. You absolutely demolished me in puzzle building today. Torn to pieces. Whoever thought competitive puzzle building could actually be fun. All right, so this week we got a slew of topics, uh, one of them being a new Xbox console, possibly leaked. Uh, Russia reportedly legalizes piracy of games, movies, and more. Uh, what a time to be alive, I guess. Um, Nintendo Switch Online gets three overdue features, and um, they're pretty overdue <laughs> when I've read that list. So... As always, uh, let's get started for recent pickups. Dude, I don't have a ton here, so I'll just go through and say I picked up some magic cards, which are sitting right here. My wife goes crazy every time I get new cards. This is for the RuneForge Rune deck. Uh, so it's like a green, red, white deck where you pretty much uh, throw down a RuneForge champion who's a dwarf warrior, and you throw down a crap ton of enchantment auras, and it just boosts them up to like stupid levels, and you can mm -hmm. play them for free. Nice. So, like, you have one card that, like, lowers the value by one, and then you have him lowering the value by one with two drop runes. So, like, I've seen it played against me, and, you know, I've beat the deck and then also tied against the deck. And so you pretty much have these two cards in the field, and you're like, okay, I'll draw a card. Oh, look, I play it for free. That triggers this ability. I draw another card. I play it for free. And you just keep doing the same shit. And just keep building The whole up. time. And then, yeah, so you're, like, basically swinging with a 2020 lifelink creature with haste or whatever like mm -hmm. it's stupid how it works out um so i got that it's a super cheap build except for the land uh, i gotta pick up the land at some point i have a lot of them actually uh so that was that on pickups and then i guess you can count this as a pickup i went up to my loft i picked up ocarina of time and i threw it into my n64 or placed it we'll say placed because that's gonna trigger a lot of people i placed it into my n64 did not blow on the cartridge for the first time ever for no not the first time ever but i have messed with it before but i went ahead and played i don't know how many hours i'm in the one village what, what would you say it was called kakariko village kakariko village with the with the cuckoos or whatever or, yeah i think it's cuckoos mm -hmm. um the chickens when you attack the chickens and they all attack you and chase you so i'm dealing with that um what is uh what are the skull spider things the skull tellas skulltulas skulltulas yeah dude i'm absolutely terrible with names like there's gonna be so many people out there who are gonna bitch us because of this episode but long story Zelda's, short i'm actually Zelda's playing a well-known thing i mean you know it's it's one of those things we talked about it's just a glaring spot for you and by the end of this if you still don't know all the names then people will roast you that or at the end of it i'm gonna be like this is overhyped and then they're still gonna bitch at me because like so far <laughs> I mean, look, I'll, I'll tell you, so far in the first, like, three hours of this game, I'm like, it's kind of overhyped so far in the oh, first dude. three hours. But you, I know it gets uh, better. I know it gets better. Are you, are you talking some sequelitis right now? <laughs> sequelitis? Yeah, Ego Raptor has this old video where he, like, 
rips on Zelda 64 for not being all that great. And it was like a huge internet thing. So, you know, <laughs> no, that's funny. So one did of I the things Zelda that... Zelda 64? You did. That's weird. You did. Why would I say that? I don't know why you did, but it's Ocarina of Time. So I'll say like the one pet peeve I have in this game is every time you save somewhere, it shoots you right back to your original village in the forest. Every time. Really? Yeah. So like the other day, and I thought if you were in a dungeon or, you know, going through one of those or like in the middle of something that it was supposed to like keep you there. It should save where you're at. You no, shouldn't no. have to start from the village every it, time. It saves where you're at and it shoots you right on back to that village every time, like without Dang. fail. So it's very frustrating when you save in a specific spot and you're like, all right, cool. I'll come back to this you know, tomorrow. And then you boot up the game and you're back in your house. And you're like, I've got to go all the way across to Hyrule, you know, plains or grasslands or whatever it is at this point, Hyrule fields and make my way to whatever location I was at like that. That's kind of frustrating. Um, I didn't anticipate it to be as bad on the TV, you know, playing an N64 on a flat screen as it is. Like I've like conquers wasn't that bad. And I played some Banjo Kazooie on like my 4k TV. I don't know why, but for whatever reason, this game is absolutely horrible on a larger TV. I don't know what it is, man. It's just not its not as crisp as some of the other N64 games I played on like similar TVs. So It says if you're in a dungeon, you should start back at the beginning of the dungeon. Yeah. So but everywhere in- else, if you save and quit, you'll start... So I actually, I saved in a dungeon. I don't know if it's by choice, like different dungeons. Maybe it wasn't a real dungeon. Maybe it was a fake dungeon. I guess. I mean, it had enemies in it and I had to traverse through it through different gates and figure out puzzles. Okay. Where were you? Um, Were you at Death Mountain yet? Or were you you just in like Hyrule Field? No, you know what? It was a graveyard and I went underneath. So I don't think that was a true dungeon. like, Like once you get to like Death Mountain or go to like the water temple or something like that. Yeah. Like if you save in there, you'll just start at the beginning of that place. Yeah. Which is fine in that regard, but it's frustrating when you're like, I'm going to play a couple hours tonight, do a couple like small missions and then come back, you know, tomorrow. And it shoots you right back at the village. And you're like, crap, what was I doing? All right. I got to check, you know, what I wrote down as far as the last location I was in. Like, yeah. I'm having to get in that habit of notating where I was at prior to. So I don't forget the next day or a few days from then. I love games that have like, a feature where you boot it up and it like tells you like the last few things you were doing before you stopped. Like at one point the Pokemon games started doing that. And I mm-hmm. thought that was really nice. Yeah. I wish it did that, but it doesn't. So I'm actually considering buying an upscaler uh, specifically for this game, but I'm also considering that when I play Majora's mask that I'm going to go ahead and play that on the GameCube. Yeah, I was going to say, have you considered that it's just a really old game and it's just not going to look that great? I I wanted to play it on the original hardware, but it's kind of, you know, I'm early enough in that I could theoretically start over if I wanted to, but I don't want to. So I want to play it on the original hardware. And then when I play Majora's Mask, I'll go ahead and play that on GameCube or 3DS or something at that point. Probably GameCube because I prefer that controller. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it has been interesting with the Brawler 64 controller so far because you have the two Z buttons. You don't have one traditional Z button. So... You know, and when you're playing Zelda, you have to, of course, lock on enemies and whatnot or lock on and then use your shield with uh, the R button. So I'm sitting there like trying to figure it out. So I'm like moving and I have to hit like one Z button. And there's times where I like awkwardly press the Z button on the right of the controller plus the R. And it's the weirdest thing, dude. But 
I'm getting the hang of it, and it's it's going. We'll see. I hope it gets better so far, because as of right now, I'm not super impressed, but I'm only a few hours in. Yeah. And I've only learned a few songs, and that's actually kind of fun to play the songs, but yeah, that's where we're at. Uh, that's it for me, man. What did you have picked up? Uh, so I have played so much Elden Ring at this point. I went on my Xbox Game Pass the other day. I downloaded Donut County and I played like 20 minutes of that just to have like a little Zen moment, just to step away from all of the torture and the pain. (laughs) And then after doing that for a little while, that was, that was cute. That was fun. I jumped right back into it. I am at like 96 plus hours. I am level 88. I am over halfway through the game. I made a Twitter post for, I recorded a screen capture of me just like wrecking this like little field boss dude, like in my first try. And I'm starting to feel pretty confident. Last night I was really thinking about respecting my character to try something else. Cause at this point I've got like the item that you can use to like respec. I've got like 11 of them. And I've used one before, and I'm like, man, I could try, like, all kinds of other different builds and stuff. And then this morning when I was looking at, like, trying to get a feel for some of the movesets for some of the other weapons. And I don't know if if it one-to-one translates or not, but, like, I know that if you don't have the required stats, it tells you you don't have the required stats. And then some of the moves I don't think do everything that they're supposed to like the special abilities that might have like some kind of magic or associated with them probably don't trigger because you don't meet the minimum requirements. So it's like, it's hard to thoroughly test out like what weapon might I really want to respec into before I commit to doing the respec, even though I can always just respec and then do it again back to my original thing if i you know just take a picture of my stats like that would be super easy so i just haven't committed to messing around with it yet but i'll probably wind up doing that at some point um i absolutely love this game i can't believe how much more game is left in this still like i got to the point where you know we all reach where it's like oh my god there's this huge boss i gotta fight this huge boss i can't move forward until i get through this wall of this boss and then it's like one of those things you walk away and then you sit down and you just do it like casually your first try, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that maybe elongating the rest of my play and not like sitting down and cramming as much time as I have been into it, it's probably what I'm going to do moving forward just because I'm going to have some more things coming up. Um, If you're not playing it, play it. If you have never played a Dark Souls game. This is the Dark Souls game to play. I'm never going to stop talking about this until I'm done or decide you can't beat it. Some yeah, something else happens. I don't know. I'm trying to think what's the next game that I'm going to get at this point. Uh I did download the Guardians of the Galaxy game cuz that's on Game Pass now. And I've been interested in checking that out. I'm very excited for the Kirby game and that's going to be out in a few weeks. Hmm. So well, so as far as Donut County is concerned, what did you think about uh, the first level of that? I mean, it's just like a simple little fun game. Have you ever played it? Not yet. It? Is it kind of like that Katamari type of style where you just kind of go around and... 
Yeah, so instead of having a ball that you roll up things to get bigger, you're you a, a hole and you suck up things and you get bigger. Gotcha. And so you've got like a cute little diorama and you just go from the smallest things to the biggest things and suck them up. And okay. I'm sure there's probably some challenges. Like the first level you're in like this backyard of this potter and you can see like these pots drying on these rails and if they hit the ground, they break. I'm wondering if there's like a challenge to like be able to suck them all up without breaking any of them or something. Yeah, probably. Oh, that reminds me. I actually got uh, a beta boss that I guess must be like an optional boss. And I got a 8.7% uh, – what do they call it? Not gamer score. Achievement. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, I guess, that's not bad. Yeah, I know. I guess I'm doing stuff that not everybody's doing. Or maybe I've made it further in the game than a lot of people have. I mean, it's crazy when I – hear other people talking about like, oh yeah, I beat this game in like 50 hours. It's like, dude, I put twice as much time and I'm only halfway through. Like the amount of time that I must have spent wandering and beating my head against a wall. Like how many of these people just like smash the boss on like their third try? Well, I mean, like I, when it comes to Souls games, I'm kind of like you in that regard. I like to level up. I like to kill different things. I like to explore the world and all facets of it. And you know, not everybody does that when they play. Like, there's a apparently some person beat Elden Ring in an hour. Oh yeah, I saw that. Okay, like I haven't read the full article or watched any video or anything, but like, come on, like you're really gonna play this game and beat it in an hour, or you're gonna beat it in thirty hours or forty hours? Like, there's so much to do, and there's so much that's been put into this title. Why would you want to do that? Like, well, I mean, speedrunning's you know you got to do it for the for the fame <laughs> i guess but like it's a damn good game apparently so they'll go back and play it the right way later Maybe. or i mean not the right way there is no right way oh there's a right way it's enjoying it taking it all in destroying all the speed enemies runners have they put more time like anybody who's speed running elden ring in an hour is going to put more time in that game in their life than i'm ever going to put in oh yeah yeah for, for sure. sure oh yeah i totally agree with you on that you know um I just think the enjoyment component, right? Like you're taking this leisure approach and enjoying the game and what has been developed. And I think when I look at speed running, it's more so like, this is a job. Like I, I have to go through, I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to make sure everything is pinpoint accurate as I go through this game. And you just, I feel like you lose some of the, the elements of enjoyment in that regard, but they're enjoying it as well. When they do that, I guess. You know? Well, and they probably do a regular playthrough at some point. Maybe. I don't know. Depends on how many games are speedrunning. Um, again, I don't have a PS5 yet, so I can't play this game yet because I'm not going to play it on an older console. I'm waiting for that PS5. What I may do after I beat Ocarina of Time and maybe beat Majora's Mask right after, or I may play into Neo again just to get that, you know, that kind of Souls game vibe where it's just getting good. So we'll see. But good to know that uh, you're enjoying yourself and you've almost hit the 100 hour mark, man. That's, uh, that's quite a feat. I know. Too bad you couldn't do that with Persona. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was an insurmountable wall. Was it just not that good at the end of the day? I, I don't know, man. I just, I have a hard time getting pulled into certain things lately. Like I talked about with Mario. Uh, I was just telling my friend about this the other day. Like, I liked Odyssey. It was great. You know, there's not a bad thing I can really say about it, but it's like, I'm not really super compelled to do more Mario stuff right now. It's like, I had a really good time with Forza while I was playing that. Zero interest in Gran Turismo 7. You know, 
Like yeah. it, certain game types just aren't as compelling to me anymore. And it's like, I'm excited to play more Elden Ring. I'm not really excited to read more Persona and do turn-based battling. It just it doesn't excite me. No matter how good the games are supposed to be, it's just not what's motivating me right now to keep playing. Yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, I need to get into a turn-based RPG at some point here pretty soon. I've been just so busy. Haven't had a chance. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to start diving into Didn't our... Didn't you just finish Pokemon? Yeah, it's not turn-based. I mean, it is, but yeah, it's it not... Is. Yeah. You click your Pokemon and tell them okay, what to do. Okay, true. But like, I'm talking like JR... Well, I guess it technically is a JRPG. You Bested, know what I mean. Sir. Bested. You know what I mean. Like get, get triangle strategy. I know. I need to get that. Um, Although that's a tactical RPG. Yeah. No, it is. And so's uh, what's the other one? Um, it looks like triangle strategy. I, I don't know. Blanking right now. So many games, dude. Just way too many. No, you know what I mean. Though I'm talking like the traditional Final Fantasy turn-based, where you have your three characters and yeah, that's Octopath. Octopath out? Traveler. That's the one. I think that's tactical too, isn't it? No. No, that one is regular. Yeah, dude, like I said, so many games, hard to keep track of everything. So many games. So All right, time. before we dive into our titles, or not titles, but our um, topics this week, uh, you can find this episode of Game Slayers Podcast on thegameslayers.com, uh, so visit us there. You can leave a five-star review, if not higher, on your podcast application you're listening to now, and find us on all of those other great podcast apps that are out there. You can also find us on social media, at Game Deflators on Twitter, at The Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. All right. So the first thing we have here is Tyler Fisher at comicbook.com. We really need to just have Tyler on the show, and he can just give us the articles firsthand. Uh, this is a new Xbox console has possibly been leaked. So Ryan... Welcome to the Tyler Fisher and Friends podcast, <laughs> starring the Game Deflators. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. Did you see? You didn't probably see it, but like uh, Premium Edition Games is... They're like redoing their Playcast podcast or whatever. And so I guess Barry or somebody from the team... I think it was somebody from their team... Uh, put up a thing that says, hey, what should we name the podcast? Should it be like Premium Playcast? Should it be like whatever the other title was? And I said, you know, I like Premium Playcast, but I prefer a very Carenza experience with friends. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much better, dude. Uh, all right. So what are your thoughts on this, man? I know it's not like, you know, and one thing that the preface here is we're not saying that there is a new Xbox console that's going to, you know, be... The next gen here, we're talking like iterations of consoles. So when I heard this news first presented, um, because it does look like it is a hardware type product, you know, not necessarily an accessory, but it could be. Um, I was hearing this originally pitched as potentially being like some sort of streaming stick for Game Pass, the equivalent of like a Fire Stick or a Chromecast or a Roku, something like that. You'd plug into your TV, hook it up to the Wi-Fi, or if you got like the Stadium Bundle Chromecast, it actually had um, the power adapter had uh, an extra outlet on it to run Ethernet to your modem or your router so that you could hardline your stadia to connect so you didn't have to rely on wi-fi i thought that was pretty smart so i mean if xbox just comes up with some fancy little stick you plug into your tv or whatever screen you have and then you can just remotely connect to you know whatever controller you have and sells it for a hundred dollars or for 150 dollars you buy 
you know, this little stick and it comes bundled with an Xbox controller and you're good to go on Game Pass. I think that that would be probably the most feasible thing for them to try to reach for at this point. I don't think that they need a third power level of console right now. I mean, the Series X and all the performances that I've seen where they're testing it against PS5 for like a lot of stuff on like um, Digital Foundry, like it's performing great. Like they don't need to all of a sudden come up with a more expensive system to try to outpower the PS5. And they don't need a lower power system because they already have the Series S. You wouldn't go any lower than that. So really a streaming only, you know, access a keystone, something you just give you access. I think that's what this would be. And I mean, if I was more interested in streaming and not being able to, you know, like download and play it natively at least, this might have even been like a good option for me. You know, like if I already had a PS5, but I just wanted Game Pass, why buy a whole Xbox? Yeah. You know? Well, uh, the interesting thing on this is that they say uh, it could potentially be a console based on the Keystone um, name that's linked to it. So it's Xbox Keystone is what it's been leaked as. Um, but there is a possibility that it is some sort of accessory at the same time. So, you know, honestly... My thought is all this is going to be is like what we saw with the PlayStation 5 earlier in the year where they like ripped out however many pieces, replaced it with like lighter pieces of like aluminum or whatever it might have been that they included in there. They cut um, that like huge heat yeah, sink in half. Heat sink was cut in half, which sucks because like I would I would want the other heat sink, of course, in a console. But um, so yeah, heat sink was cut in half and you have this new console came out. There were no leaks on that, obviously, of like a new PS5. I think we had just kind of said, hey, there's a new PS5 uh, they based changed, on like, this. They changed like a slight number in the model or something, Yeah, right? so just Yeah, exactly. And then like Nintendo had a thing a while back or has had several revisions where battery power has yeah. been changed and there's been leaks on that type of stuff as well. So that's really honestly what I think this is. It's I think, just an edit. I think Microsoft is jumping in this console, maybe just the Series X. I think the Series S is priced perfectly where it's at. I don't know that they need to do anything there other than maybe, you know, if there is a way to like reduce usage of certain pieces of metal and whatnot or you know go into cheaper chips whatever it may be um but i think this is just revision of the existing console and that's all we're seeing here uh but we'll find out more man maybe keystone is like this big crazy like attachment that you include to your console for streaming and such (laughs) like it's like a 32x attachment (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine it's like no dude it's like the gamecube like the the thing underneath the Mm, game boy advance player it's like an extra brick, <clears throat> essentially, that's put on top of your brick or underneath, and it just like raises the size of this tower. Have you seen, uh, there's a video I favorited once. I don't know that I actually ever watched it. I put it in like my watch later. But it was like this GameCube that had like every GameCube accessory all plugged into it at one time, and it was mm-hmm. like this huge monstrosity. <laughs> I would love to do that, man. Just own all of those attachments and have them working at the same time. Be fantastic. Same thing with like the Game Boy. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the you haven't seen my true form, and it's like it blows up in this huge thing. 
Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So who knows, man, maybe like over the years, Microsoft just adds more and more pieces to the tower and it's like Xbox Jenga. It's just like <laughs> as large as tower that you have in your house for gaming. I want to make Jenga out of Xboxes. That'd be pretty bad. <laughs> square enough, you could do it. Yeah, I think you could. <laughs> so, all right. I think that's enough on that one. Uh, the next topic we have here is that Russia is reportedly legalizing piracy of games, movies, and more. And this is uh, Ryan Leston at IGN. And so the idea here is that Due to all of the sanctions uh, that are being put on Russia by the global community uh, and Hollywood as well, of course, uh, being included in that and all of the game companies that we had previously talked on, I think it was the last episode actually we talked about this, where Sony and Microsoft uh, are no longer selling products out there. They're basically saying, all right, cool. Government's like, pirate, all you want, evidently, is, uh, is what this is reading out as. And it makes sense. You know, if you're not going to be able to get the stuff legally, well... Hit those studios and such where it hurts. Steal the stuff, right? I mean, I feel like this was probably, you know, a dumb response. Like, I don't know that state-sanctioned piracy <laughs> is going to get a lot of people motivated. Like, if you had never pirated a movie before, for the most part, I don't think it's the legality that is stopping people. No, I, you know, I, I it's totally the not knowing you. how or not caring enough or not having access. Well, but you have people that know, hey, pirating exists. I could download this thing illegally. I, I could do whatever it is, right? Those people could, like, there's things I know I could probably pirate. Do I do it? No, not necessarily, because why would I if it's legal? So there's people that kind of know it's there and try to stay in the lines of what's legal, and then there's people out there that don't care. This opens it up for the people that know it's there. And on top of that, it, in a sense, if all of these you know individuals in the country you know are hurting, of course, from these sanctions, and many of them don't necessarily support the war, so you're hurting those people as well with these sanctions, and the government's coming in just saying, look, Go ahead and, you know, it's legal. Go ahead and pirate. Do what you want. So you can have the enjoyment of the things that we're being sanctioned on right now. And I, I think mean, that's probably part of that propaganda scheme too, though. Yeah. If if they're planning on being cut off for the rest of the world for, you know, the foreseeable future and on. Yeah. I just don't know, like, how do these companies react? Like, we know that Nintendo will hold a grudge. If all of a sudden you say, yeah, go ahead, pirate all the Nintendo games. And then once things settle down and the sanctions relax, I could see Nintendo being like, we're never going to sell Nintendo stuff in your country ever again because you did that and you screwed us and we won't let that happen. That or Nintendo takes it to the next step, contacts Bandai Namco and brings in giant Gundams oh to God. invade and destroy all of the Nintendo consoles in existence. Oh my gosh. I mean, I could just see it happening, dude. Like Nintendo would go to great lengths to, for, you know, for piracy. But like, you know, that's the thing. Like it. It's an immediate reaction to saying, okay, you're not going to give us what we want, so everybody feel free to take it. And, like, I don't know how far the ramifications go down the road in the future because, yeah. you know, eventually those companies are going to want to keep making money from that market. And ultimately, you know, it sucks that the Russian people are being punished for what their government is doing. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just how this works, I guess. Yeah, I guess. You know, the... The kind of funny component of it, I think, is, you know, we hate the West. 
but we damn sure love Hollywood's movies. Right? Who does? <laughs> Go ahead and pirate them. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I don't think this will have like a crazy impact either on like the gaming industry as a whole. Because I mean, you're talking one country that is looking to legalize this. It's not like on a global basis, countries are saying, yeah, go ahead and pirate all of these things. This is more so just, you know, in a sense, a weak answer to sanctions that are actively going on in the country. The the one thing I thought was really interesting, too, in this is, like, the way that it was worded. Um, well, and... Let me see if I can find Aren't it. they, like... Aren't a lot of internet companies, and, like, they, they've talked about how Russia's being cut off from the global internet, in a sense. So if they become, like, this pariah state and don't really have access to a lot of these, like, things within the world, how, I mean, it's going to be fairly difficult, I imagine, even start pirating down the road, I would think. I mean, if you're a pirate, you're a pirate. You're going to you're gonna know what to do. But for mm-hmm. those that are not as, like, savvy, it's going to be difficult, I feel. So Better- here's, here's what it says. So it says, Russian companies have no obligation to pay patent holders for the use of intellectual property. So <laughs> before I thought of, like, the piracy aspect, or I guess not before because it was the headline for the article but (laughs) i was like okay so what if russia just starts knocking off stuff (laughs) and putting it out like are we gonna see russian mickey mouse and russian mario bros (laughs) start making their way because they're like whatever dude you're not gonna send us your content we'll make our own marios i would love to see russian mario russian fantasy 7 remake (laughs) so bad dude um God, there was something else I was going to bring up to you. I'm like, I'm spacing on it, dude. Oh, uh, this is totally outside of video games. But I think that also counts towards like the restaurants and stuff that shut down. So you're going to have like McDonald's locations that are not being funded by McDonald's or supported with any of their products that are... Build a McDonald's. <laughs> Put a McDonald's in there. You guys have the infrastructure. Just seize that building. Put all the people back to work. Well, that's what they're, that's what apparently what I think they're doing is they're taking like a lot of these existing, like the planes, like apparently I was reading an article, like all of the planes that are sitting in that country from like different organizations globally, they're like, we're never going to get those planes back. Mm -hmm. Like there's, I don't know, some like $200 billion that are owed to like us banks. They're never going to see that money. Yeah. Like it's just stuff like that. So I I really do wonder like how this is going to go long term for gaming in Russia, like, are we going to see where it's kind of like back in the high school days where you kind of had somebody with like bootleg DVDs that they kind of recorded in the theater? Are you going to have somebody like in your high schools is kind of like bootleg cartridges and stuff of Nintendo? Like, I'm I really question like how this is going to look moving forward. And I'd be curious to see it, but at the same time, I don't want to see it. I want to see all of us resolve at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I imagine like, I wonder, I haven't really been following it in a while, like the Dota scene. But, like, there were several Russian teams. Like, I mean, I don't know if they're participating anymore. I haven't really looked into that kind of stuff. I doubt it. I haven't looked into it, but I would say they're... I would say you could probably... uh, This article here references the Twitch streamers aren't getting paid in Russia. Yeah, they cut that off, too. So, if there was a Dota team, probably isn't now. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks overall for those people, but... You know, that's the reality of the situation and, and what's going on. So, all right. Jumping into, you know, more Nintendo stuff, um, you know, seeing as there may be a chance for to team up with Bandai Namco uh, for Gundams, Nintendo Switch Online gets three long overdue features. And again, the Tyler Fisher with Friends Show. Uh, so it's Tyler Fisher at comicbook.com. And the three features on here, I think, are just dumb, dumb as all hell. Like, 
why these were not included from the very get-go, I will never understand. So just the, the list itself. The app's overall design has been updated. I don't see that as a key feature, but you can now see which of your friends are online. How the hell are you going to release an online service where you can't see your friends online? You can change your online status settings. That's actually a pretty cool feature. I wouldn't have expected that to be online because I don't think I could technically do that for Sony. I probably could. You can set yourself to like away or appear away. offline. Okay, so you got that. You can view your friend code. Why could you not view your friend code until now? Like That makes no sense. And then there's also other minor changes that have apparently been added. Uh, they're saying that a lot of the, the reason for these new changes and things that are now starting to develop is because of the expansion pack and the fact that people are putting more money into the service, right? Who would have thought that if you put more money into the online service, you would get a better user experience? Hmm. I don't know why Nintendo didn't think of this before. Well, I mean, or think that it could work the other way, that if you put time into the user experience it might generate more money yeah because this thing is like for the most part the nintendo online service is only used to play nintendo games with people yeah. like you can buy a switch and play Fortnite. you don't have to pay a dime to nintendo to do that yeah. so the prospect here for nintendo is hopefully all right Let's play catch up on the last 10 years that we've been wildly behind on our UI and our user experience interface, you know, experience online with like <coughs> not even having voice chat. Like we know Nintendo's super opposed to that. Whether or not they ever decide to integrate voice chat, who knows? Um, the fact that you have to go on Discord to talk to your friends to play a game like this is ridiculous. Well, or use the app. Yeah, or the app. But like, um, you know, hopefully they are able to take these features, look outside of their little box at what everybody else has been doing, like I said, for a decade, and move all of that knowledge forward into the next system. Make sure that all of our online purchases move forward into the next system. Let's keep this ball rolling forward here into the future, Nintendo. That's the most important thing. Nobody really needs all the stuff that we all would have loved to have originally. Like, I don't know, the ability to like set a wallpaper on your switch or, you know, do any little tiny thing that would be, you know, a normal just user experience. Yeah. I, I'm still like at the end of the day, I'm always baffled by the decisions that they make. Now, clearly they're making quite a bit of money. They have been for some time. Their console selling like gangbusters. They've got tons of games being sold on the console as well. So, you know, you can't really knock them in that regard. But when it comes to some of these features, like, come on, like support your fan base, support the people that are actively buying these consoles and give them like these key features that the competitors have. Get rid of the friend code just entirely. Yeah, 100%. Entirely. Why even have it? Like, it makes zero sense to me. I think it's maybe it's a way that like... Maybe from like logistics purposes. Can you on have the, the back same end. name? What do you mean? Like, can I be Tom on my Switch with my Nintendo account and you be Tom on your Switch with your Nintendo account? But because we have unique friend codes, we can still add each other where it's like there's only one Tom on Xbox. He is the only Tom. I mean, maybe. And maybe that's the reason for the friend codes. Like, everybody's a number versus like these unique identifiers that are set up but like 
I don't know, man. I, I like the idea of having like a username. Maybe it is like what you're saying. You have a username that you can utilize. But maybe they don't games. want kids to sit there and have to be like Tommy one three 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 four because all the other Tommies are taken, and little Tommy just wants to play Kirby, man. Yeah. Why I, are you stressing Tommy out? Yeah, and I guess you know to your point though, if you had like usernames on a front end. And so you could be Ryan, and I could be John, and there could be a million other Johns and Ryans that are on Nintendo. But on the back end, we've got our unique friend code that could be utilized for like our own purposes for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a social security in a sense, right? Yeah. You know, you got your social security numbers, tons of Johns out there, but I've got a social that's going to be different than that other John. So maybe that's part of it. Like maybe that's down the road something they can do. I like the idea of just having straight up gamer tags or usernames, or whatever you want to call it. And it, it's kind of unique in that sense that it allows people to, you know, kind of get a feel for who they're playing with. Or those friends can, you know, have fun with those usernames. And I think Nintendo cracks down on enough stuff anyways. They're not going to have any problem with, like, nasty usernames and such. Yeah. So I, I don't see what the big holdup is. I think that's uh, something they need to change at some point in time. And, dude, it's such a pain in the ass to remember your friend code. I, I don't just know take my, a picture. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know my friend code. Like I have to log in via my email and then figure it out that way. Such now you thing. can view it yourself. Now I can view it myself. Yeah. Thanks to this wonderful update. Yeah. All right. So the last piece of our episode here is our inflation deflation, and we played pieces. And this is a uh, prism. What is that? Kikaku? Is that what that says? Is a developer? It is prism. Kikaku. Prism Kikaku. That's that's what I see with my it glasses. Published on. by. Atlas USA, directed by Koichi Kitazumi. This released in December of 94. It is a puzzle game. Not only is it a puzzle game, it is a literal puzzle game where you just put together puzzles. It's it's a 1v1, head-to-head. I think it's like a, what was it, like a 5x6? So that'd be like 30-piece puzzle. Something like that, or 5x7. It's about 5x7, actually. 5x7, maybe. So it's uh, not very large puzzles, but you just go uh, up at the top of the screen. You've got three pieces that it'll give you to select from. Grab it, drag it down into the play field. Uh, It's kind of mousy, kind of aligned to a grid. Like John was having a hard time. Uh, Originally, he was playing on the... Retron, Retron joystick with controller. the joystick controller and having a hard time with it. Uh, even once he upgraded to an original Super Nintendo controller, I still whooped him. But yeah. I've put together many of puzzles in the last year. Yeah, Ryan's like, I put together six puzzles this year. I'm like, I put together zero. So My yeah. wife's super into puzzles. Yeah. Uh, my wife, too. We just haven't played them. Uh, or used them, I mean. See, that's them. the thing. Like, are puzzles a game? This is the first time I've ever played a puzzle that was like... A game, unless you count, like, I don't know, th- people put sliding block puzzles in games, but I don't think they themselves are games. I think it depends on what you're doing the puzzle for. Like, are you looking at it from a, I want to complete this puzzle in a certain amount of time? Am I looking to make this puzzle for, like, artwork purposes so I can hang it on my wall? Am I doing it just for the f- the pure, like... Like if I invited you relaxed. to my house and I was like, hey, you want to come play a game? And you're like, yeah. And you came over and I had like a puzzle on the table. Would you be confused or would you be like, yeah, that's a game? I would turn around and go, I, I'm out. 
So, I mean, the head-to-headness of, like, racing to finish these simple puzzles uh, that you could see beforehand. And, I mean, it even it even sometimes was, like, difficult, like, to be able to tell, you know, what piece was supposed to go where. And you'd be, like, you get frustrated because, like, once the piece, you miss placing it, it goes, like, back into your draw pile it doesn't just go right back up to the top where you keep trying the same piece over and over again so like i think that that's a good design element of this game i could see this being a much worse game if you could just keep grabbing the same piece and misplacing it over and over because you're not going to get anywhere quick doing that so there was a bunch of icons on the side too we didn't really mess around with those so i don't know what all those did but those might have been like Something we should have done. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really mess with those, but we probably should have. I had fun. I like this. I I kind of had fun getting my ass whooped. So the reception on this game, uh, EGM actually gave it an 8.2. And uh, I was shocked by that, <laughs> to be honest as well. Yeah, there's not much on here. I think it was like in some top 50 of like the games released in the last two years or something some weird arbitrary list from back in the day somebody just like you know scoured the internet to make this tiny wiki on this so this we don't have a lot to go on but i enjoyed it uh i think that for people who like to put puzzles together i think this would be a fun game to play with somebody like that like my wife really digs puzzles i think this would be a game if we sat down and played together she would have a good time yeah and uh, you know, there's multiple modes on this. You have like a single player mode against computer one v one, and they also have like an all play mode where it has all of the different variations of puzzles that you can go through, and then like a time limit um, where you can build, I guess, as many puzzles as you can try and build within that time frame. Yeah, so I did see online that it was up to six players. It said, "I'm I'm not sure. I I don't know how you would do that with uh with the Super Nintendo, and not necessarily do it with the Super Nintendo, but do it with that this particular game." Uh, it would just be really weird to have six puzzles on screen at the same time. That's got to be really small, especially when you consider the size oh, of TVs sorry. back then. Multiplayer up to five. Even that's still crazy, man. Why would it be five? Yeah, yeah, not an even number, and on top of that, it's just odd. I guess if you had an adapter to allow you to do four, you know, and then the first player controller. But down to brass tacks. A loose copy of this game is currently running at 3334. It peaked at 38.64 in May of 2021, like everything else in the market. Uh, it is trending up, which is kind of weird. And then a complete box copy is running near 113.75. That peaked at 149 in November of 2016, and it is holding its current price point. Ryan, I liked the game to an extent. You kicked my ass in this one. I think if I was to play this on my own against computer or just play it against somebody else who may not be as good... While it can be competitive, I cannot see myself playing this more than a few sit-down sessions. Yeah, this is not a long-term attention-holding kind of game. Yeah. Nor would I say that it is worth $33. No, I think that This is an inflated game. Yeah, for sure it's inflated. That is a good segue into our episode next week where we should be doing some SNES collecting on a budget. And you can put that $33 towards some much better games. Ryan, any final thoughts? Um, I like puzzles. That is a good final thought. This has been episode 174 of the Game of Flitters podcast. My name is John. 
I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening. Oh, better I game, better game idea. Building Legos in in racing in a game. That would be better. 3D, but this game. I guess that's the final thought. Thanks for listening. <laughs>